I want to kind of just briefly uh, catch you up if you've not uh, caught the messages on wells of life, specifically on the principle of availability. We found out that we've got to have revelation on this. Everybody say a good amen. amen. We also have to understand the empowerment that's been given to us. The sevenfold spirit, the new birth, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, all the fruit of the Spirit, all the gifts of the Spirit, everything in there we need to get the job done. How many glad it's all in there? Then we've learned that connection is critical. If we're not connected to Him in living contact, there's no way for that Holy Ghost sap, that power to run through us. If you sever yourself from the vine, you're not going to have any kind of power flowing in your life. So that one thing becomes relevant again, doesn't it? How many understand we'll never get away from that? Yes, it's going to be a continual reminder that if we're going to flow as as his wells of life, there obviously has to be some life flowing in us and through us, and to sever ourselves from living contact, that's going to end it for us. Does that mean we're going to hell? No, it just means you're not going to be real effective ministering to people while you're here on earth. And if you notice, the people need help right now, desperately need some help. So what I want to do is, uh, you know, just kind of remind you also this fourth principle, which is availability. Let's say that we've got the revelation. Say it, I have the revelation. And we have the empowerment, say I have the empowerment. And have the connection, say I have the connection. All of that is completely worthless if you don't make yourself available. You might as well have none of that if day to day you're not available and ready to engage with what he tells you to engage in. And of course the word that just went forth not just talks about going places, but also talks about going to people. Does that make sense? In other words, Jesus ministered to people. Don't get fixated on buildings and programs and paperwork. Get focused on people. He didn't die for buildings. He died for people. Jesus met with a woman taken in adultery. Jesus met with a woman at the well. Jesus met with Zacchaeus. Are you seeing a pattern here? He sends you to people to intervene in their lives. And Isaiah, you know, uh, was asked this question, and his response was in Isaiah 6, Here am I. Send me. How many have the same heart tonight? Here am I, send me. Do what you want in my life. The story of two sons in Matthew 21. One says, you know, he won't go, but he ends up going. Another one says, I'll go, but he doesn't go. Which one does the will of the Father? Well, the one that goes. Now, obviously, we want to be willing and obedient. When we study Matthew 10 and Luke 10, we find out that Jesus sent them out and the power went with them. I want you to understand that if he ever dispensed power for us, the power is still available. These folks understand at this point in time in Matthew 10 and Luke 10, they're not baptized in the Holy Ghost. You and I are. What does that mean? It means you're seeing pictures of people who have the Spirit of God for a season and for a particular amount. You see this. But you and I have it without measure and permanently. So who should be seeing all the miracles, the early church or the last day's church? It shouldn't even be comparable. 12 to 70 to 72 to 120, the early church growing, 3,000 added in one day. But there are hundreds of millions of us. The talk of the town and the news broadcast should be nonstop what Jesus did today. Can you believe what he did over in India? Can you believe what he did over in Cadiz, Kentucky? Can you believe what he did at Murray Stout? It'll be the news every single day. So something's not connected here. Well, what is it? Well, I can tell you this. There is a revelation issue for sure. Uh, George Barnum just released some, uh, some uh, you know, survey results from Arizona Christian University, and I'll be talking about this in a message that's coming up called The COVID Christian. I just want to tell you this, the COVID Christian doesn't mean the kind of Christian that COVID created. COVID just exposed us for what we are. Are you here today? Don't let me insult you. I'm not insulting myself. I'm just simply telling you that COVID did not create us. COVID revealed the health of the Christian in America. 48% of those who claim to be born again don't even believe there's a Holy Spirit in America. So how do they get born again, first of all? How does that happen, Pastor? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We're finding out that the newfangled, new paradigm, don't ask them to give, serve, sign anything. Come in for 50 minutes once every three weeks and leave. 
we're finding out that model has failed the church miserably. Just preach Jesus has failed us miserably. People needed to hear doctrine as well. So if you don't even believe there's a Holy Spirit, how in the world are you going to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit? Aren't you glad you believe in the Holy Ghost? I mean, even in the Lutheran Church, while we had no expansive teaching on the third person of the Trinity, we still heard the name. The name was in our liturgy. You understand what I'm saying to you? We're talking about a massive number of people who claim to experience the new birth that don't even believe there is a Holy Spirit. He's just, it's just an essence out there. No, he's not. He's real. I said he's real, and he's living in you and me. And he's longing for somebody to get that revelation and to flow with that. So you see, there is a revelation issue. There's an empowerment issue. If I don't believe there's a Holy Ghost, of course I'm not going to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So a huge chunk of the body of Christ in America has cut itself off from the baptism, which is, of course, part and parcel of the empowerment necessary to flow as a well of life. Amen. It also limits your connectivity in terms of what you can do. And forget about using tongues to prime the pump and release the power. You don't believe in the Holy Ghost, you're not going to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the ability to do so. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really frightening out there how, how little developed the American Christian is right now. We're about 50 million miles wide and about a millimeter deep. Amen. And I have relatives that go to places like that, and you have relatives that go to places like that, and we just sit there and look at it, and now we're finding out what's happened in this country by just kind of winking at these places and not doing the things we're supposed to do in terms of teaching and preaching. You need to be taught the doctrines of the church. You need to be taught the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So, yes, empowerment is definitely an issue. Revelation is an issue. Connectivity is an issue. And then, of course, it's simply being available. Um, out of all of these people who have rejected the Holy Ghost, there's a group of people who believe in him. Out of that group, there's a group of people who are on fire for God, born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, amen. All you need to do now is make yourself more available. The hard part's already done. Amen. Say it. The hard part's already done. Already done. I'm, I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful, although I didn't know much. That I was 18 years old. I got born again, got spirit-filled the same night, and I've enjoyed the benefit of being a spirit-filled believer ever since. Uh, not going back. Two things I'm not going back on. I'm not going back across the faith line. I'm going to be a faith person all the day of my life. I'm going to be a word person all the days of my life. And I'm not going back on being a Holy Ghost person. Okay, who doesn't like it? Amen. But it's gone from being, you know, socially unfashionable to be a spiritual Christian to almost being a non-issue in this country. Listen very carefully. As ministers of the gospel, we get what we preach. If people don't believe in the Holy Spirit, it's because he's not preached about, period. That means the rest of us that do have got to pick up the slack. Amen? Make people thirsty and hungry for the things of God. Amen? Want to know about these things. So uh, we need you just to, to engage like never before. Say it even, I'm available. I'm available. See, we don't want to be like Jonah when Jonah's told what to do. And he runs the other way. Was Jonah a prophet? Yes. That means he probably was in right standing with God. Can I have an amen? amen? Just because you're in right standing with God and going to heaven doesn't mean you're going to be available. So he runs the other way. Now, we want to be like Abraham where God tells him to leave his country, leave his family, and go to a place I'll show you. How about, God, you show me the place I'm going to, and then I'll think about it? No. You... <laughs> You go to a place I'll show you. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. That's the way you want to be. Look at somebody and tell them, right away, sir. I am his to command. That's the right attitude, especially in these last days. We want to be like Isaac, who wanted to leave, and the Lord told him to stay. And to plant his crops in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold off of what he had sown. 
We want to be like Joseph, who's led by the angels into Egypt and then into Galilee, available to the master to be the earthly core of protection and ministry over the Christ child until he grows up to take on his ministry and what he's called to do, to die for you and for me, to be raised from the dead, and to come back again. How many know victorious? And unless you're deader than a doornail, you know he's on his way back. You know that the prophetic word, the tongue and interpretation that we enjoy tonight, which is equal to prophecy in our own language, is, is true and it's telling us that we are running out of time. What we do, we need to do quickly with all of our hearts. Say it with me, wholeheartedness. We want to be like Ananias who heard about this Saul, you know, this character who was arresting Christians and causing them to be killed because of their faith. And he tells him to go find this man that now he's one of my choice servants. I want you to lay hands on him and I want you to get him healed, but also want him baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, how do we know he was baptized in the Holy Ghost? It doesn't say so in Acts chapter 8, in Acts chapter 9, but rather it does say it in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. He said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Paul is the evangelical theological hero, yet they reject his teaching and his example of tongues. Don't call him your hero if you don't follow his example. Follow me as I follow Christ is what I said. If you're not going to be a tongue talker, then you're not following Paul. Moving right along, hallelujah. We want to be like Philip with a whatever attitude. Amen. Hey, Philip, we need some deacons to serve the Jews as well as the Gentiles, the, the, you know, the, those that are, that are out that are hurting, our, our widows and those that need help. Oh, sure, I'm available, whatever, Lord. Hey, Philip, what I need you to do is I need you to go over to Samaria and preach Christ on the outset of the revival. Instead of getting afraid, what did he do? He goes to Samaria and he preaches and great miracles happen. The Bible says with shrieks, evil spirits left people. Isn't that amazing? This man goes from being in the upper room where he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many glad he showed up? He heard the word. The Lord said, go to the upper room. And you know what Philip said? Whatever. <laughs> and he showed up. And he got there and he received the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said through the, the apostles, we need people to take care of this ministry so we can give ourselves to prayer and to the word. And he said, whatever. He said, go to Samaria. And Philip said, what? Whatever. whatever. And the Lord said, leave Samaria. Whatever. whatever you want, Lord. That's the right attitude. Look at somebody and say, whatever. whatever. Availability is the key here. He leaves that place and he meets up with the Ethiopian on the road to Gaza. And of course, this man ends up giving his life to the Lord. He ends up baptizing this man. How many understand when you have a right attitude, whether it's 5,000 or the one, whatever is your attitude? And he does that. And when he's coming up out of the water, he disappears. Could you imagine the story this guy had when he got back to Ethiopia? The first question they had for him was, what were you smoking on the way back? Because you have this crazy story. And then he ends up 40 miles towards the west coast in Ashdod, supernaturally translated. You know what? That's what happens to whatever Christians. They experience things the rest of us don't experience. Raise your hand if you want to have experiences like that, where you're flowing in the super, supernatural that's what's required. It's not having some super pedigree or 15 different degrees, you know, or being what people think you ought to be. It's just being available. This is so simple, we have stumbled over it. Just being available to God. When you're prompted at work, when you're prompted at school, when you're prompted on vacation, when you're prompted in church, when there's an urging to do something for somebody, whether it's prayer, materially, spiritually, whatever it is, you hear and you do. That's what this is all about. That's how Jesus flowed. That's how the ancients flowed. That's how the Holy Ghost wants us to flow today. Say it with me. Availability. Availability. Amen. Availability of what? Here's the, here's the real kicker. If the devil can convince us the Holy Spirit doesn't exist, then so much for the urgings. Because the urgings come from the Holy Ghost. No Holy Ghost, guess what? No urgings. Pretty diabolical, isn't it? I wonder what else the devil is going to convince the modern church that doesn't exist. What else are they going to throw away? Well, three simple principles to increase your level of availability. Write this down. Availability is my superpower. Can you leap buildings with a single bound? Are you faster than a locomotive? 
Are you part of the Marvel Universe? No, you're part of the Jesus Universe, and your superpower is availability. Say it with me. My superpower is availability. You say, well, everybody's available, Pastor. Not true. I'd like to believe that everybody in this room right now and watching online is available, but only you know if that's true or not. I mean, in the season of COVID, people aren't even available to come to the house of God. You think they're going to cross the street to witness to somebody or go out of town and get somebody delivered? Of course not. Yes, amen. I'll take that. Come on back there. Amen. I'll take a few more amens on that. Hallelujah. Why? Because you see that no matter what we are, word of faith, born again, tongue talking, on fire for God, absolutely in love with God, ready to do anything for him. All it takes is the experience of one emotion that will shut the entire thing down. Nothing will shut your availability down like emotion. I don't know what the Lord wants me to do with this, but I can tell you this. The final frontier for the American Christian is the stronghold of emotion. No matter what we have or what we've been given or how powerful we are, if we can't get a handle over this and stop letting what we feel be the driver, we're done. Even if we believe right, and we do. I mean, look at the irony. We believe right, we talk right, we act right, we've got the right doctrine, we know what the Word of God says on these things, we've got the Holy Ghost, we've got the new birth, amen. We know how to confess the Word of God, we know the power of praise, we understand the dimension and the operation of the Holy Spirit, the depth of His power and His goodness, and yet all we have, all we have to do to shut all that down is to give our obedience to a feeling. Availability is completely shut down at that point in time. Um, I, I really don't. You should pray about that because I, I feel an assignment coming on. Well, pastor, pray for me that I'll get delivered from my emotions. Can't do that. No. Your emotions aren't a demon. Now, your demons can certainly manipulate you. You understand that? The things that are around you constantly day in and day out and things you expose yourself to. But that's something you have to deal with. Your mind, your will, your emotions, amen. These things are your responsibility. You have to crucify the flesh. There's no one that can cast the emotions out of you. And you'll see as we talk about this today, you could be arguably one of the most powerful men of God in all Scripture and find your availability being shut down because of how you feel. So don't sit there and say, it can't happen to me. Don't sit there and say, it's not happening to me. I promise you right now, the devil is constantly trying to work on your emotions. Why does he do it? Because it works. He has found a tool to get to people, to absolutely keep them chasing their tails or going to and fro on false assignments that God never had them involved in and missing the things that they're called to actually do. Amen. And you tell me after all the good things God has given us, all it takes is a a feeling to stop the plan of God in my life? Bingo. Write this down, number one. Say it again. uh, My superpower is availability. Well, if you're the devil and that's true, what do you want to go after? You're already born again. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're going to heaven? Aren't you glad it's real? The gates are real. The sil- you know, streets of gold are real. It's all real. He's preparing a place for you and for me. Amen. There's a party going on up there like you can't believe. So don't feel bad for them. Amen. Are you here today? Yes. You're born again. I mean, you're right with God. You, you've got the revelation of the things of the Spirit. You know you've been empowered by Him and you're connecting to Him. How do I know that? Because people in America don't show up on Wednesday night unless they want to connect with God. Say, so, oh, it comes no big deal. You would be surprised what a big deal it actually is. There's still in your heart to want to connect to his word and connect to his people and connect to revelation of God. But uh, it's availability. It's your superpower. The devil, you know, his ability now to get you to reject Jesus, it's too late. You're already born again. Well, I got to get him not to believe in the Holy Ghost and all that empowerment stuff. Too late. Look at somebody and tell them, it's too late, I already speak in tongues. It's too late. 
Come on, say it. It's too late. It's too late to turn back now. Amen. <laughs> I believe, I believe, I believe. I have been what? Baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking. It's too, it's too late. So you can't do that. Amen. I've made a decision to stay connected to him and listen to him and follow him. But what can he do every single day? Interrupt your availability. Because what? It's your superpower. Say it with me. Availability is my superpower. Super, superpower. <laughs> you didn't think you had any. Everybody go like this. Come on, I'm here to pump you up. <laughs> amen. What happened last night? I got pumped up, praise the Lord. Yes, amen. Number one is honesty. Honestly ask yourself, ask the Spirit of God to search your heart. How are you doing on the revelation? Only you know. Just because it's preached doesn't mean you're getting it. Corey Tenenbaum said, just because there's a mouse in a cookie jar didn't make it a cookie. And just because you heard all the messages on this topic, living wells, wells of life, doesn't mean you got revelation. Revelation is not my department. Housewares, amen, linen, men's clothing. My department is not revelation. My department is teaching. Do you see this? Revelation is between you and the Holy Ghost. You can hear a thousand messages on the well and never get any of them. But if you really want to develop in this and you want to go to the next level, be honest with yourself about how you're actually doing on that revelation. With so many people in this country that claim to be born again but don't even believe there's a Holy Spirit, at least you're further down the road than that, bless God. I mean, it's just a little bit scary when you think about people who sit in churches all their life and their conclusion is there's no Holy Spirit. Watch this. You don't have to preach against the Holy Spirit to cause a belief in the Holy Spirit to implode. All you have to do is just be silent. Just don't preach it at all. Don't talk about it at all, and it will die out. You get what you preach. There's a reason the dark ages were dark, and because it was dark, because of silence on the Word of God, on, on right theology. So what do you do? You, you, you honestly ask yourself a question. How am I doing on revelation? How am I doing on empowerment? You know, do I actually use my prayer language? Uh, do I operate in the gifts? Do I study these things out? Do I expect and want more of him? How am I doing with my connection? Pastor preached 44 messages on the one thing. Am I doing it? I would expect a better response than that. Because I happen to have every single message in this iPad right now on the one thing. I keep you here till 4 o'clock in the morning, hallelujah, and poke you with a stick if you fall asleep, amen. Give these ushers a real job to do tonight, amen. Praise the Lord, glory to God. <laughs> they make a difference how many messages you heard. It's what you're doing. You hear and you do. Are you too wrapped up in natural life to be available? Are you too wrapped up in your problems to feel and sense the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Are you so emotion-driven that you don't have time to think about what the Spirit of God has or wants from you? Are you too, too focused on natural things? It's, uh, you know, they all crowd in. How about the clatter and the chatter? How many of the Holy Ghost is a timely, timely minister? No, 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 no. You and Barb and Wilma got together before service, and you all talked about what God had for us tonight, and she'd give the tongue, and she'd give the prophecy and the interpretation, and I would give the word. No, the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Being honest. Here's the thing I need to sow into your spirit. I know that he's talking to all of us. Now watch this. You feel inconvenienced or put out or just, I don't want to deal with that right now, so you kind of just tell them to hush and you go about your business. I want to explain to you the danger of doing that. It gets easier and easier to do that the more you do it. To where you get real good at just shutting that thing down. He won't scream at you. He's not going to yell. I will tell you this. He will repeat himself. 
especially in that season of time where something can be done and should be done. Of course, that will dissipate if you blow it off and the window has passed. But within that window of time, he'll repeat himself. But if you get into the habit of doing that, it gets easier and easier and easier. And the good news is, if we'll listen to him, that gets easier and easier and easier. If we act on that voice, act on that prompting, and that's when life really gets exciting. Amen? I really really don't... uh, tell these stories uh, or share these stories to, to puff anybody up, least of all myself or my wife or me or anybody or, or others that I know that are active, engaged, and listening to the Lord. But I just feel really impressed to tell you this, this, this one story because it has a twist to it that shows you the power of just listening to the Holy Ghost, that it impacts people. Um, we were at a restaurant recently, and... Uh, there was a uh, table near us, and one of the gentlemen was sitting there with an oxygen tank, and he was obviously, you know, in distress, and he was obviously a vet, and to be still alive, it's an easy deduction, he was a Vietnam vet. And, uh, you know, it was on uh, Kelly's heart to bless them, and that was it. The only person that knew about it was, was me, you know, her, and, and, the, uh, and the server. I'm in the car waiting for her to come out. She comes out. I mean, probably 15 seconds later, this lady comes running towards the car, the general manager of the restaurant, tears in her eyes saying, are are you the person that paid for that table's meal? She said, can I do something for you? Can I give you a dessert? Can I give you something? She wasn't even party to the blessing. You see what I'm saying to you? Uh, she was blessed because a patron got blessed. You have no idea the domino effect of you listening to the urgings and obeying the urgings of the Holy Ghost. I got a feeling that story is going to have legs. Who would do that? That's our God. He cares about people. Amen. Yeah, you don't you realize that the impact these things have. You just think, well, in that season, I got this to do and I got that to do, you know, and I got so much responsibility, I'm so tired anyway. Listen, you're not dead. So as long as you're breathing, you got energy. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm not dead. No, sir. It gets easier and easier to respond when you do it. It gets easier to blow that voice off when you don't do it. So you want to develop the habit of hearing and obeying the urgings of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say the urgings of the Holy Ghost. It impacts you. It impacts the person that you meet. They're dealing with. It can impact their family. It can impact their group. Here's here's a restaurant and GM that's never going to be the same. Or something so simple. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, what if Kelly was told to cast the devil out of the man? Yeah, she would have done it. Amen. Whatever it is he wants you to do. Say say with me, whatever. Whatever. Because some people need a financial blessing. Some people need a word of encouragement. Some people need a devil cast out of them. Some people need a healing. Some people need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some people need to be saved. There's a lot of work out there. I'm just getting tired listening to myself. Amen. Listen, all that stuff there's out there to do. And guess who's supposed to be doing it? The people of God. Not the 48% or don't even believe there's a Holy Ghost. You think about that. Number two, prioritization. Not just honesty for your superpower, but prioritization. Say it. Availability is my superpower. Come on, say it boldly. Availability is my superpower. This is where you make a quality decision of dedication. Write this down, a quality decision of dedication. That's not my phrase. Brother, uh, you know, the Lord gave that to Brother Copen years and years and years ago when it comes to excellence and ministry. Say it with me, a quality decision of dedication. A quality decision means there's going to be some, some force behind it. Not you flippantly decide something and, and then automatically change your mind. Double-minded man is what? Unstable in all of his ways. 
A quality decision or dedication is one from which there is no changing one's mind. There is no retreat from that. There is dedication. There's consecration involved in that. So when we talk about prioritization, we're talking about making a quality decision of dedication for which there's no retreat, that you're going to make being the well the top priority in your life. Now, I can preach this and talk about this, but only you can make that decision of quality. Does that make sense? Where if, you know, tomorrow comes, whatever, God. Come on, say it with me, whatever. I'm not talking about the disrespectful whatever that came out about 10, 15 years ago. I'm talking about whatever he prompts me to do, that's what I want to do. I want to be that force tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And really, if you just simplify, you know, for the next hour, whatever it is, when I get up tomorrow morning, I'm giving you this day, whatever you have for me. Surely somebody has a need. Surely somebody needs to be encouraged. Surely somebody needs to be healed in this town. Surely somebody needs some help. Lord, here am I. Well, he might ask me to do something significant. God's in the little things and the big things and what? The extremely large things. Whatever it is, if he's calling you to do it, he'll give you the power to do it. Spiritual power, resources, whatever. You know, when he orders something, you don't pay for it. He pays for it. Amen. So you make a heart commitment to be available. This is beyond just having some knowledge of who you are and what you have, but being honesty, honest about where you are and then making this be a well, a top priority for any you know, application of your life. Wherever you are, you're basically on the job full time, all day. Amen. No, there's not. Number three is follow through. Choose to do this daily and repeatedly. Making availability a primary value in life. Why do I say that? Because if you do this, life's not going to be a bowl of cherries for you. You do this and be available even though it gets rough, even though you're attacked, even though you're misunderstood, even though warfare breaks out against you, even though some people turn on you. Even though some people think you're weird. Follow through means you're developing the habit of obeying the urgings of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not an interruption in your life. He is your life. Amen? Say it with me. He's not an interruption. He's, he's He's our life. He's our teacher. He's our advocate. He's our counselor. He's our standby. He's our paraclete. Uh, All that for what? Just so that we can go to heaven one day? No. We can take as many people as possible with us. I thought about, uh, you know, what what personality in the Bible illustrates really everything that we've been talking about. And I... uh, I really believe Elijah fits that bill. Now keep in mind, Elijah was not born again and Elijah was not spirit-filled. What he had in his life was temporary and partial. Think about that. All the things he did with temporary and partial. What do you have tonight? Permanent and full measure. The only thing that's in question is, uh, is what you have uh, available to him. Have you made what he's put inside of you available for the work of his ministry? So I'm going to give you these scriptures, and we don't have time to go through them, but I kind of want to encourage you to, to look them up, and in this context, study him as a life of availability. His superpower, he obviously had strong anointing on his life. No question about that. But you and I one day may wake up and realize that what's on us is inconceivably more powerful than what was on him. That goes back to number one, doesn't it, Revelation? But that's true scripturally. In 1 Kings 17, 1 through 6, we find the Lord spoke to him, go to the Kareth ravine, you're going to drink from the brook. And what did you do to give him food? Sent ravens over, and God took care of them. Next, in 1 Kings 17, 7 through 9, he said, I need you to go visit this widow at Zarephath. I commanded her to take care of you. But how many understand that wasn't all the mission? 
there were miracles going to take place as he began to dispense of the well. We know that she first made him a cake, and we also know that the oil in the meal didn't dry up the entire time of that famine. We also know that boy died. We also know that what was in him came out. He cried out to the Lord, and that boy was restored to life. Everybody say, thank God for the well. Um, how many are okay if the Lord raises the dead through you? as foreign to Western mindset as can possibly be. We have been trained to think that that doesn't happen except only by mechanical or medicinal means. But throughout the world right now, resurrections are at an all-time high. On the African continent, it's as common as drinking a glass of water. Uh, That's the way it's supposed to be here. But you know, we're also analytical and, you know, critical and whatever that, uh, you know, we, we're beyond all that. So it just simply means that if, if we don't even believe in the person of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to believe in the resurrection of the dead. There's a lot of things we're not going to believe if we don't believe in the third member of the Trinity. In 1 Kings chapter 18, 1 and 2, he's told, I need you to go see King Ahab. In verse 18 and 19, he confronts them about how he has left the path of God and turned to the Baals, and he called for all the prophets of Baal and the astro, uh, um, prophets as well, all them to join him in a showdown. <laughs> and uh, he gave them. You know, like in a ball game, there's a, there's a team that's on the field first and bats first. The prophets of Baal got to bat first. And they cried, and they cut, and they cried, and they cut, and they cried. You know what? And, and he began to taunt them. Well, maybe your God's taking a bathroom break. Maybe you should just scream a little louder. And, you know, what? nothing ever happened. Do you see what's happening with this man? He was available to go to Kareth. He was available to go to what? To the will. He's available to go to Ahab. He was available to go to the mount to take on the prophets of Baal and Astra. He's available. I'm going to say it, availability was his superpower. And so they did their best, and he said, okay, you're out, I'm up, my turn. And we know what he did, right? Got that trench, filled with wood, amen, filled with what? With water, as as if to poke them in the eye. Watch this, not only will he answer by fire, I'm going to fill all up with water as well. Prepares the sacrifice, calls upon God, and what happens? Let the God who answers by fire be God. Before he got to that, he prefaced it by saying, you know what? If he is God, then serve him. Stop wavering between what? Between two opinions. You serve God. God answered by fire, proved he was the living God. And you know the rest of the story is these prophets were taken out. We're talking about almost 10 companies of prophets in military terms that this man took out. Everybody say the power was there. But not only was the power there, the availability was there. You're going to find this, and listen to me, this is coming to you from the Holy Ghost tonight. You're going to find that if you will sharpen your availability, the power in your life is going to go up. You will not be left there with no power to get the job done. You will not be prompted to go someplace, to talk to somebody, to be available, and then have your hands empty. When you are available, the power will be there to do what's necessary to do what you're called to do. Yet, of course, you know there's a famine, there's no rain. And you know the story of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 45 to 46, sends his servant out there and he sees out there, you know, a, a small dot and cloud like a hand, you know, then it comes to downpour. Everybody say availability. Uh, the rain came, but he was where he was supposed to be. How many of y'all like to see more rain of the Holy Ghost? Oh, it always coincides with being where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do. And then he takes off in 1 Kings 18, 45 through 46. Ahab heads to Jezreel, and of course, God sends the prophet on foot. Now, it shouldn't take you long to figure out that a chariot with horses is going to outrun a man any day of the week. Right? Ronnie Turcott rode on top of the horse secretariat. He did not run alongside secretariat. 
there's a reason why the little man rides on top of the horse and not vice versa. And yet, because he was available, say it with me, available, power of God comes on him, and guess who gets there first? Who gets there first? Everybody say availability. I want to pick it up in chapter 19. Some of y'all have ears to hear tonight. Say it with me. The Careth Ravine. The widow at Zarephath. Confronting Ahab. Answering by fire. The heavy rain. The supernatural run. All because of what? He's available. We know he's powerful. We know he's anointed. The miracles, the signs, the wonders are just plenty. And you know and I know that not everything he did in his ministry is recorded. That would be foolish for us to think that way. But enough is recorded for us to know he's anointed prophet of God and available for whatever God said to him. Now watch how all of that can change in an instant. Chapter 19, verse 1, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the, the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. You mean the gods that we just proved don't exist? The Baal gods? Right? The gods of Baal, the gods of Astra, the gods of the, you know, the prophets, the, the, the prophets that serve these gods that are now dead, that god? May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Watch this now. Available, 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 emotion, unavailable. Say it with me. Available, 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 emotion, unavailable. Did he stop being anointed? Did he stop being empowered? Did he stop having revelation? Was he stopped in terms of the connectivity? Was he still listening? He could still hear, couldn't he? What stopped? Elijah was afraid. Now, how you can be bold and courageous with 800 prophets who want to kill you and be afraid of one woman? There's a sermon there. We're not going to do it tonight. (laughs) Some of y'all may know her. But it really doesn't matter, does it? Because the devil will, will tailor that episode for you. He ran for his life. Watch this. There's no command for him to run. There's no urging from the Holy Ghost for him to depart. None. See this? Emotion. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. Now, can we say that he's probably spent physically, mentally, emotionally? Sure he is. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals. This is where we get angel food cake from. Yes, amen. And a, and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. Now you would think that uh, he's back on track again. But God did not tell him to go to Beersheba. And God did not tell him to do what? To go to Horeb. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? 
Let's, let's do this one more time, class, right? Available, 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 emotion, unavailable. What's taking out the spirit-filled Christian in America right now? Uh-huh. All it takes. And an honest believer who wants to do something for God and use their life for the glory of God is going to get what I mean, what's being said tonight, what the Spirit of God is saying to you, and check your own heart and life to make sure that you don't compromise your availability because of what you feel. Look, if, if it can happen to him, oh, it'll never happen to me because I'm born again and spirit-filled. If you don't think so, just trust me as a pastor, I see it all the time. Availability and userability that goes with it is cut short because of emotion. Write this down. Fears. Things that people are afraid of. I'll just give it to you the way the Holy Ghost gave it to me. Fears. Amen? Some kind of intimidation factor. Something that you're afraid of. Number two uh, is tears. Loss. Perception of loss. Grief. Sorrow. Stops multitudes from being available to God. And the third one is very, very simple. Anybody know what it is? It's not beers, although that could be perfectly appropriate today in the modern church. It's jeers, persecution, people not liking you, talking ugly behind your back. You don't want to be the oddball. You don't want to be ostracized. You don't want to be the weird person. And so whether it's the fears, amen, or the tears or the jeers, evoking some kind of emotion, with Uzziah, it was rage and anger. With the rich young ruler, it was what? He, he came to Jesus. I'm available. I want to be one of your followers. How do I know how to get saved? How do I know to have eternal life? And Jesus said this one thing. Sell all you have. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. Available, available, available. Emotion. Blew the whole thing apart. Elijah, uh, what are you doing here? Watch this. He, won't, he doesn't even answer the question. I, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broke down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Can't you just hear the sad, soapy story here? He never answered the question. I didn't ask you what went on. I asked you, what are you doing here? Why is your availability stopped? The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountains in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Maybe he's talking to you tonight, emotionally. What are you doing where you're at right now? What are you doing at that place you're at right now? I've been very zealous for the Lord. God Almighty, the Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. I suppose a lot of you know modern pastors could feel the same way. Amen. There are people in the body of Christ, so their expertise is arson. They love to burn things down that the people of God are trying to build. They love to destroy things that God is trying to do because it threatens them. They're insecure. Somehow they want to be seen. They want to be praised. They want to be elevated. And they'll burn things down rather than, amen, let God do what he wants to do and change their life into somebody that can be available and used as well. That's just the way it is. Uh, 1,700 senior pastors a month now are quitting all over the country. Can you see the pattern starting to develop? Not preaching, not teaching, doctrines gone missing, core beliefs are gone missing. 
increase power. How many of y'all are, 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 are clear enough on this teaching tonight to know that they are not quitting? They've not become unavailable because suddenly God stopped calling them. They're unavailable now because of emotion. Amen. Everybody said available, 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 available. Emotion, unavailable. It should be, you know, don't you think it should be some, some cosmic, supernatural thing from the devil we've never seen before to stop us, to stop Elijah? No, it's the same old thing. Motion. You've heard it, and I have too, the teaching. The devil does not have the weapons that we have. He only has things that are common to man. And boy, does he use them. Guess what's common to every man and woman in this building? Amen. Watch the bouncing ball. God gave us to experience life with our emotions, not to run our lives. If you do, you'll stop being available. And now they're trying to kill me too. You know, sometimes I think the Lord probably just wants to look at us and go, well, boo-hoo. Aren't you glad that Jesus was available, 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 available. In the garden, he decided to be available, and he stayed on the cross. He didn't have to, could have got off. Boy, wouldn't that have been a sight to see. Talk about a Broadway production. Did you see that? Duck, we're done. I mean, it's over for us. If he comes off that cross, we're done. We're toast. Available. And you know what he is right now? He's still available. Our model is not Elijah. Some preacher or some pastor or some evangelist. Our model is who? Always. Scripture says obedient even unto death. Available even unto death. You should be available until the day you die. And then your availability and glory is not even going to be debatable. You'll be sitting up there in heaven. Amen. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. But right now, you do it by faith. He's our model, available to the end. So what does he do with this prophet of God? The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. It's time for you to become available again. I'm glad he doesn't give up on us. Come on, poke your neighbor and tell him, God doesn't give up on us. He still wants to use you. Now, I don't understand why. I mean, some of the, the wrong-headed things that I've been thinking and that you've been thinking and all of us have been doing for decades. I mean, he is a merciful God, long-suffering. Come on, say long-suffering. He's not done with the prophet. He's not done. Turn to somebody and tell them, and you're not done. You're not done. Are you going to listen to, to Yahweh or emotion? This isn't about somebody else. This isn't about what somebody said about you or did to you. It's not about how you got your feelings hurt. It's not about any of that. If you do it that way, you're going to miss the point. This is between you and the Lord. Are you going to do, despite it all, what he has for you to do? Are you going to be available? Are you going to use some song and dance like Elijah had here to justify why you are 50, 60, 70 miles out of the will of God? Amen. Well, it's not easy, Pastor. You're preaching to the choir. It's not easy. They're easy. Everybody will be doing it. Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahotha. To succeed you as what? As prophet, Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. That sure is a different uh, uh, count than Elisha, Elijah had. Elijah had... <laughs> you see what emotion does? I'm the only one left. 
I'm the only one doing it right. I'm the only one that speaks white, prays white, serves white, preaches white. I'm the only one. No, you're not. Hey, that is not availability talking. That is emotion talk. Just be honest about it. Amen? Write this down. The bottom line is availability is killed with emotion. Killed. I want you to have it written down. Look up at me. Say it boldly. Availability is killed with emotion. Not going to be God's will. Not going to be able to lay it on some person, some human, some relative, your spouse, your kids, your dog. No. It is killed with emotion. That at that moment, you elevated in lordship above the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're all tempted to do it. Amen. But there's unfinished business, just like with Elijah. There's unfinished business for you. Encouragement for those who have been wells, but maybe even find themselves burned out. That's what Elijah's story gives us. Maybe you can really relate to this. You served and served and served and served and served, and maybe you don't have it as bad as he had it, but you can certainly relate. Do you know the command is the same thing for you that it was for him? Go back the way you came. Amen. You, you also have unfinished business. You've been scarred, been disillusioned. Yeah, if you're out there, how many understand someone that sticks their head above the foxhole that gets shot at? <laughs> the, one that gets, the one that serves is the one that gets shot at, is the one that has an assault made on them from the spirit realm. Three keys for you to get that well flowing again. Number one, restoration of the body. You must have natural care because it affects spiritual activity. Don't take your body for granted. Take care of it. There's a breakdown going on in his life, and part of it was physical from all the activity. Um, make sure you're taking care of yourself. And how you understand that the Spirit of God knows your body the best? That's why people coming out with sweeping declarations, do your body this way, do this diet, do this program. You need to listen to the Holy Ghost because he's the one that made you. knows exactly what you need. The right nourishment, right sleep, right vitamins, right supplements. Do what God tells you to do. Avoid bandwagons. Bandwagons aren't designed to help you individually. Number two, domination of the soul. Your mind, your will, your emotions. Notice that Elijah's uh, thoughts and feelings directed his will, and they, of course, led him to where God had not dictated. Who's responsible to dominate the soul? Who? Who's going to do it for you? Have you ever had your spouse try to help you do it? Well, that works. That goes over real well, doesn't it? No. Nobody is capable of dominating your thought life but you. That's why we're called to be what? Renewed in the attitude of our minds. That's why we're called not to be conformed, Romans 12, 1, to what this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's an ongoing process. You can't take a vacation from the Word of God or that'll become the very thing the devil uses to get you out of availability. The mind will go the wrong direction. Following the mind will be the emotions. Nobody can do it. Amen. If I had like something that I could like uh, zip open your head and pour in to permanently solve the emotion problem in the body of Christ, I'd do it. Every issue I've ever seen in 30 years of doing this, every single one was a breakdown in someone's emotional maturity. Every single time. Without exception. Amen. No, this happened to them. No, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't what happened to them. It's how they responded to it. It's whether they were going to keep Jesus as Lord or let emotions run their life. Watch this. What I think, 
I feel, and what I feel, I will do. Here's the progression in the soul, and it's your job to dominate it. Say it with me. My job to dominate that soul. Say it again. Say dominate. I think, and then I feel, and then I do. Elijah thought I'm the only one. How do you go from knocking off 800 vile prophets to running from one person? If your thought life is good, what, is, is she like, you know, Wonder Woman or something? You know, she's the Wicked Witch of the West. What is she? What, she, what does she have that you're so afraid of? You see, there's nothing rational about what's going on. That's why you got to make sure your mind is being subjected and renewed by the Word of God. What I think is what I end up feeling. So if you don't know how you're feeling, check what you've been thinking. I promise you, you'll see the connection. And what I end up thinking, that's what I end up doing. What I meditate upon, I actually do. Watch this. This can happen to even the most anointed person. Never happened to me, bless God. Never. I'm better than Elijah. Well, I can give you a thousand contemporary examples to prove you wrong. Amen? Third is activation of the Spirit. This means the revelation and the empowerment and the connection is once again made available to God. There's still an appointment that you have. There's still ministry that you have. Kings to anoint, amen. Successors to, to place in the things of God. Things to do, places to go, people to see. Amen. He's in the little things. He's in the big things. Amen? He's in what? The extremely large things. What's our job? Be available. Come on, shout it out. Availability, Availability. is my superpower. My superpower. Say it like this. I'm not going to allow my mind, my emotions, or my will to block my superpower. Don't let your emotions become your kryptonite. Amen. Glory to God. Y'all got a hand clap for the Lord tonight. Can you receive what he's saying to you?